I earlier? Nope. Good morning, Christ Church. Good to see you here today. Got some announcements before we get started. Uh, one one announcement: you uh, you all should see one of these in the in the pews. Do you? Did, is there? Does everybody have one of these? This is a prayer slip for you to fill out, and during uh, communion or after the service, you'll see that there's baskets at the prayer walls that you could put it in there. Now, what we're going to do with this, this is about the new building. We are getting really close to being uh, given permission to be in the new building and to use it for ministry, and they have a special uh, opportunity to be in the building during Vacation Bible School, Vacation Bible Camp, which you should have this. And we're pretty adamant about the first thing we do is that we, we uh, pray and, and bless that, that building before we do anything. And so even though we do not have permission to be there, we're going to be meeting in the fellowship hall for a quick prayer time after this service. And people from 8 o'clock and 9.15 and over at Silvis are going to join us here for that prayer time. There are people who prepared some prayers uh, about specific ministries but would want you to be a part of that. And this is also an opportunity to pray for the, the new building, the ministries that will go into it. What we're gonna do with these is we will gather them and put them in a book, uh, you know, copy them, put them in a uh, pamphlet book that will be in our prayer chapel that people can read those prayers. So I'd encourage you to do that. How many of you were here last night for the bluegrass service? few of you. Um, incidentally, next week, Owl Creek Collective is going to be here Saturday night for that, uh, for that service. You may, you may uh, know of, of Mike Romke and the Bucktown Review. That's the group that will be here. So uh, if you can, you won't want to miss that. But last night, you missed it if you weren't here. Because I was the star of the show. I, I took a, a head nose dive off the stage right over there. And it was like a slow motion thing. It seemed to last forever. And I had the mandolin in one hand and the stool in the other hand. And, and I don't know exactly what happened, but uh, I ended up on the ground and um, I didn't get hurt. I don't know how that, I, I just, I, I, I was very fortunate. You know, it was like one of those, oh yeah, there. Uh, Debbie's raising up her broken arm there, broken wrist. <laughs> that could have been me, that's right. It, it sure could have been. But uh, I was very fortunate. And then after the Bluegrass Gospel uh, service, we had an open mic downstairs where people could come and sing and play. It made me think about a song, an old song by Hank Lachlan called, Please Help Me, I'm Falling. <laughs> And so I wrote some words to that song uh, in, in honor of my falling. Please help me, I'm falling at church again. If I don't quit it, there'll be no more skin. I scuffed up my hand a little bit. There's no coordination in these bones of mine, but I seem to bounce well and I'm feeling just fine. So <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> Uh, don't 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 uh, don't uh, clap. It just encourages me, Mike. Eight point five on form. All right, all right. I'll take it. I'll take it. Hey, this uh, these for the first order. These engraved uh, uh, brick fundraiser. Uh, if you if you want, please get that in today. Uh, you could leave it with an usher or put it under the office door. Now, it says in the bulletin this is the last time. It's not. It's just the first order. Uh, we'll be continuing to do this, but we're wanting to get in a first order. So uh, if you're wanting to do that, these, I don't know if you have one of these, they're out at the kiosk, the Welcome Center, and you can, you can pick one up and fill it out. Now, I have a, a letter from Pastor Joy that I would like to read to you. It also is at the behind the kiosk if you want to, uh, if you if you don't fully understand it. But 
before I do that, I do, I do want to mention that the spiritual gifts assessment, if you haven't done that yet, we want to get you plugged in to where your spiritual gifts are. So if, if immediately following the service, you can be in the gathering room, and, but be sure to be at the uh, uh, downstairs in the fellowship hall at, at, uh, at, at 12 noon for the prayer time. But you can, you can take an assessment uh, right after this service. Now, this is from Joy, Pastor Joyce. It's, Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in the last several months, I have been in prayer journaling in two key areas. Number one, the future of Christ Church, and in particular, the financial challenges we are facing. And number two, renewing and revitalization of my personal call to ministry. As I have prayed, I believe that God has opened a new door of opportunity that will be helpful to the church and to me personally. I have been in dialogue with the district superintendent. His name is Steve Granadosen, the East Moline School District, Eldon Partridge, Partridge who is our chairperson of the of Staff Parish Relations Committee, and with Roger. And I have been offered a position as a paraprofessional with the preschool program at Wells Elementary School beginning August 12th. This is a full-time position of 35 hours per week. I am requesting that Bishop Beard consider reducing my appointment status to half-time, 20 hours per week, and that my salary be reduced to reflect that reduction. My future job description would include Sunday morning worship preaching, pastoral care, teaching Bible studies, and working with the Silvis ministry team. The church has been in financial stress this year. The reduction of my salary might help the church to end the year in the black. I believe that my employment with the school district could be an important link between the church and our ministry possibilities with the new Family Life Center. I am excited about being the hands and feet of Jesus in this new setting. With a full-time position with the school district, Roger and I would be blessed with an opportunity to be on the group insurance plan offered to district employees and their families. A few years ago, the conference ended all group insurance coverage for pastors and families. One of our biggest concerns with health care has been the geographical limitations of our current plan. We have no insurance coverage beyond the state of Illinois. If there was a major health issue for which we would like to go to the University of Iowa Hospital or to Mayo's Clinic in Minnesota, on our current plan, that would be all out-of-pocket expense. Bishop Beard is the designated person who can make the final decision about my request. But the letter of recommendation from the Pastor Parish Relations Committee has been sent to help him in his discernment process and final decision. Respectfully, Reverend Joy Perry. Now, if you have any questions about that, you can talk with me or Joy. I just wanna say, folks, it's gonna be okay. This is gonna be a good thing. It's gonna be an opportunity for us to, to have a presence in the school system. Uh, if you know Joy's background, a lot of it has been in teaching. She's a um, uh, she, she, you know, her major is in elementary education, and in many ways, it's it's going to be an, uh, a way to energize her. She's okay, I'm okay, and I think this is a very, very good thing for Christ Church. Can we all be in agreement with that? Is that all right? Good. we begin our worship service, let's begin with a prayer. Lord God, I thank you. I thank you for an opportunity to be here. We simply seek to honor you with our worship and to experience your presence among us. Be with us now as we begin our worship service. Amen. This is a big week in the history of our country. And as we worship today, let's ask God to continue to guide this country and our leaders. Let's stand and praise together. God bless America. 
This time in our service, we're going to celebrate the sacrament of Holy Communion. We invite children to be a part of our, our communion service, and we understand that it's not what we do, but what Jesus Christ does, and it's his invitation to be a part of this uh, uh, um, special time. If you are not a member of this church, you still are welcome to come forward. You're here because you want to draw closer to Jesus Christ. 
And so uh, this is an opportunity for you to do that. Once again, if you've already completed your prayers, you can put them in the, the baskets or you can wait until after the service to do that as well. So let's pray for this uh, time of Holy Communion. Lord Jesus, on the night in which you gave yourself up for us, you gathered with your followers, your disciples, for one last meal. And at that meal, you took the bread, you blessed it, you broke it, and you gave it to them, saying, Take heed, this is my body. When the supper was over, you took the cup, and after giving thanks, you said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. And so now as we eat this bread and we drink of this cup, help us to once again experience you in new and profound ways and also uh, to experience your love for each one of us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. For those who are going to help serve communion, will you please come forward? The body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ given to you for the forgiveness of sins. Take heed and drink, remembering that Jesus died for you. The body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ given to you for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus invites you. Won't you please come?
of being with us during the breaking of the bread and drinking of the cup. Be with us now as we continue in our worship. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Are they open? As the band comes back up, I just would like to remind you that the offering is something that we do as an act of worship. And so let's prepare our hearts and minds for, for this act of worship by praying for this offering. Lord God, I thank you and I praise you for all that you have done in our lives, all you are doing. We know that every good gift comes from you. So now receive from us our tithes and offerings and utilize them to further your work in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. 
that you be here with the prayers of the people. We all come from different locations and, and, and we've made this service unique. So hear our prayers, Lord, as we lift them to you. Say, direct each one of our lives. We ask you, you guide us. And Lord, those whom we are, are lifting up to you, those that you have called us to pray for, Lord, hear those names right now. Lord God, hear all these spoken and unspoken prayers. And hear us now as we pray together the prayer that you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. to Family Feud. Yay. I'm your host, Emma Kindred, and today we have the Christchurch family this side and the Christchurch family this side. Are you ready to play? Yay. Now, here's how the game goes. I'm going to have everyone raise their hands as soon as I read the question, and whoever comes up with an answer first, or whoever raises their hand first, you get to guess. Now, when you're done guessing, if your answer is on the board, then you get to choose to pass or play on your side. If you choose to play, then you get to guess a couple answers and then we'll have this side guess or vice versa. You ready? Okay. Somebody somewhere surveyed 100 people and the top six answers are on the board. What is something that people do only once a week? Go to church. Go to church. Let's see if it's up there. Oh. Would you guys like to pass or play? Okay. okay. Is she the only one that has energy? Okay. What is something people do only once a week? Change your bed sheets. I'm going to count it. It says clean house. Right? <laughs> okay, anyone else? Yes. 
Wash your car. It, every service has guessed that, and it's not up there. <laughs> what? Mow your grass? And every service has also guessed that. Yeah? Laundry. Let's see if that's up there. Ta-da! Okay, now let's come over to this side and see if you guys can guess some. Yeah? Put the trash out. And... <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. What? Go to the grocery store? Let's see if that's up there. Okay, one more. I saw a hand up somewhere. Take a bath. Okay. That's once a month. Everyone, it's open up to everyone. Cook? Okay, we have cook and we have got to eat. One of those is the right answer. Which one is it? Go out to eat. Oh, I guess we have two more. Good job. Okay, there is one more. Who can come up with it? Yes, Ernie. Pray? I hope you do that Pray. one. Um, no, that is not it. <laughs> yeah. Sleep in. Let's see if it's it. Drum roll, please. Woo! Good job. Now, this is just the start of the Family Feud series, so come back next week for another question. So she will be back for another question next week. See if you all can do any better. Well, you probably have already figured out that our new series is called Family Feud. Woohoo! And the word family brings up all kinds of responses. How many of you remember the old TV series, The Waltons? Remember, so, wow, almost every hand went up. And do you remember, you know, that, that was a depression area, large family in the Virginia Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. And they always seem to work through difficulties of life and, and living together. And they, uh, they always had an interesting way of ending the show. Do you remember how they'd always end the show? Yeah. They'd say goodnight to each other all through the house. Good night, John boy. Good night, Elizabeth. Good night, Aaron. Good night, Ben. Good night, Mama. Good night, Daddy. Your kids do that every. <laughs> You're just reliving the Waltons. That's right. Yeah, they always seem to work things out in the end. But for 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 others, the word family brings up heartache, and loss, and and even anger at times. Relationships with others, let's face it, can be tough, can be difficult on any level. But when we look to the Bible for guidance, we can, we can see that it brings new insight and direction uh, when it comes to our relationships with others. In this series, we'll, we'll look at family relationships from different in different ways. One, that we're starting today with church family. And then we're going to move on to extended family and kids, relationships with kids, relationship with spouse, spouses. The desire is to discover and implement biblical aids and helps that will enhance our family relationships and aid in the healing, hopefully aid in the healing of broken relationships as well. Now today we are looking at the church family, and it comes, and when we think of church family, there's this sense of responsibility, or should have a sense of responsibility to each other. We're connected. And the Bible encourages us to take care of each other while following, while following God, the Word of God and, and Jesus. 
And we must remember the importance of maintaining the connection with each other in church to ensure that the church will be a thriving community in, in, in our area. What I'd like us to do is to start with a passage of scripture from 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. And it's there, it tells us that we're not only family, but we're, we're kids of the king. We're royalty. Look at what it has to say, 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Isn't that awesome? That means you're, you're royalty. Turn, turn to the person next to you and look them in the eye and say, you look royal today. It's because you are. You're, you're, you're kids of the king, the heavenly king, which is awesome. Let's pray. Lord, speak to us through your holy word. May the witness to your word be faithful. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, what do we do? If we're the church family and we're kids of the king, how do we respond? How do we respond to each other? I, I just want to say that I think Christ Church does a, an amazing job, a really good job at welcoming people, of encouraging each other. And that's one reason I love being the pastor here is because uh, in many ways you, you get it. You understand what we are to be as a church of Jesus Christ. Not every church does that. Not every church understands the importance of being welcoming, being encouraging. Several years ago, uh, my extended family, we uh, we would go every year, and we we were going to the beach of North, uh, a beach in North Carolina, and we would always find a church to go to uh, while we're out there. And we went to a Methodist church, and um, we got there late. You need to understand that whenever you're with my sister Elaine, you show up late. <laughs> you used to, you know, that this was before we began to tell her that she needed to be ready a half hour before she really needed to be ready. And then that solved the problem. But we, you know, okay, so we showed up late. And the, the place was packed. It was about this size church, and it was packed, except for one row. And, and it, it's, it's about where Margaret is sitting. And, and it was empty except for one person sitting where Margaret is. Now, Margaret is a dear, sweet lady, but this... This other lady, she wasn't so sweet to, to visitors because we, we saw the empty row. And it should have been a clue that the place was filled with but only one person in that row. And I went up and I said, excuse me. And she looked at me and she saw that I was dressed like a tourist, I guess. And, you know, it's in a tourist area, so they get a lot of people who are kind of just passing through. And she, she looked up at me and then she looked straight ahead, almost like, ain't interested, not in my pew. Well, I thought, what's up with that? And, you know, I had a line of family, and I thought, we got to do something. Yeah, she's scooting down. This lady did not scoot down, and she saw I was determined. I started heading toward her, and so she very grudgingly sort of shifted her knees a little bit so I could get through, kind of. It kind of it gave a new meaning to pew hopping. You know, it's just like... <laughs> so I had the whole family doing this, and I was thinking to myself, you know, that wasn't very friendly of this lady. And then I started thinking, you know, here she is all by herself in that one pew. She must have claimed that. I don't know what the deal was, but uh, it, it wasn't very welcoming. That was many years ago. That doesn't happen today, does it? Yeah, it does. My, my, my son Levi is here today. Um, happy. Um, he's got a job in North Carolina. Um, Going to be a teacher there in Mooresville. And 
We're about to, uh, yeah. We're about to help him, him move out there. But when we found out that, that he's, he's moving, uh, he and I got in a car and we took a quick trip out to North Carolina, uh, to Mooresville, to get an apartment and to get him settled and for him to meet his principal and teachers that he's going to be working with. And it was all great. And, and I remember I said, we, we passed a church, a United, big United Methodist church, real close to the school. And so as he, I was taking him to the school to, to see his, uh, you know, to meet, meet people, I said, hey, I'll tell you, while you're doing that, I'll go to, I'll get information about this church. So I go back to this church and uh, park in the, in the parking lot and get out, and I go to the administrative office. I, you know, followed the sign, went to the administrative office, and it was a all-glass-windowed area, but it was dark, couldn't see in. And I tried the door, the door was locked. Um, and so I looked over, I saw that it had a, had a button you were supposed to push, and so I was reaching for the button. Before I got to the button, over the intercom system came words of Southern hospitality, not. Over the intercom came the receptionist's voice, and she said, what is it that you want? Yeah, yeah. Not a, hi. Welcome to Williamson United Methodist Church. We're glad you came to see you. No, none of that is what is it that you want. And I said, well, I'm, I'm here to talk to somebody about, about the church. She said, wait a minute. Here it was over 90 degrees and I'm standing in the sun and it was more like four minutes. Just waiting there. Someone to come to the door. Finally, someone came to the door. It was a, a younger man. He, he opened the door and said, can I help you? And I told him who I was, what I was wanting. Told him I might have a son moving to, to Mooresville and that I uh, was wondering about uh, young adult ministries and things of that nature. He says, oh, well, I'm, I'm the associate pastor here and I am in charge of young adult ministries. Said, well, good, now we're getting somewhere. And then he actually said, come on in. Okay. So we went in, and that's when I noticed that the receptionist that was asking me what I want, she was like five feet from the door at a desk. I couldn't see it, but she could see me. And she just had me wait out there. Now, I, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. I don't know what they've gone through. I don't know what, uh, what has happened, but uh, it, it wasn't a welcoming experience. And then I thought, well, maybe... Him knowing who I was and what I wanted, he'd he'd uh, show me around or at least uh, go somewhere where we could talk. Nope, he stood there right, right by the receptionist's desk and and answered my questions. And, and then the receptionist came up to him and handed him something. I thought, well, is he going to give me a brochure about the church or something? And apparently, it had something to do with just the two of them. I I didn't get anything. I didn't get an invite to look around the church or to be at a, a tour of the church. And I gave him my card, and on the back side, I put Levi's name and number. Levi, did you ever get a call from that church? Okay, Levi, you never got a call from that church. It's been, what, two and a half weeks, three weeks, something like that? Um, are you going to go to church there, Levi? Would any of you go to that church? I wish I could recommend that church. Now, folks, we're, we're dealing with security issues here. We're trying to discern how to keep people safe. But in the process, I don't want to be a church that loses what it's to be about in terms of loving people and encouraging them. Um, we went to another church. They, they were closed for the day. Had a staff person said, well, we're closed for the day. So well, we just wanted to know about the church. She said, come on in. And she was showing us some of the things that they were doing. And um, 
Levi mentioned about what, you know, that he wanted to, wanted to get connected. He says, well, hey, just come and, and tell us you want to be connected. We'll get you on, you know, whatever texting or whatever they do. Um, and, and we have groups that you'll be on a, uh, on a uh, list where we'll just contact you when we're going to, out to a restaurant or whatever. And it was a totally different feel. Here was a church that understood connection and family and welcoming. So, you know, which do you want to be, church family? You know, do you want to be enclosed and, and not interested in other people and rude to people? Or do you want to be welcoming? Well, the Bible tells us how to be church family. If you look at uh, uh, Hebrews in chapter 10, verses 24 through 25, you will, uh, you'll see that there's some things that are said that are important. It says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. As a church of Jesus Christ, as a family, church family, we need to encourage one another toward love and good deeds. That's what we are to be about, folks. And then the second part of that, it says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Now, um, some, some just you know, get out of the habit of going to church. You've heard of that. But as a pastor, a lot of times when I talk to people, the reason they leave is because somebody else has hurt their feelings or they've had an argument with somebody. Folks, don't leave your church family because of something that someone said or did. Don't do that. When Joy and I moved to our second church after we'd gotten married, young, young couple, we, we moved to Warrensburg, Illinois. And there at Warrensburg was the church that we were to serve. And um, it was a small church. And there was a lot of uh, uh, opportunity to get into people's homes early on. Actually, we, we wanted to get in everybody's home because the church was so small, within the couple-week period of time. So we were doing that. In the process of doing that, there was this almost immediate tension that we were feeling when we'd go see someone. And then they'd finally get around to it. They, they would say something like, uh, there's something that we need to tell you. Okay, what is it? And they start talking to us about this lady in the church who was rather toxic in what she'd say. I mean, she'd just, you know, she'd say things like, like explosions, <laughs> you know, blowing up everything. And, and she was a church organist. Um, and it, it got kind of funny because uh, her name was Helen, and they, uh, they all wanted to make sure we knew about Helen before we met her so we wouldn't be totally blown up. Um, and it, it got kind of funny because they would be, would be introduced and they'd have this kind of uneasiness and then they'd say, we want to tell you something. And Joy and I would say, you want to tell us about Helen, right? They'd go, oh, somebody's already told you. <laughs> and we got to know Helen and she was, she, yes, she was very abrasive. But the thing that I began to find out is that Helen grew up and learned to be abrasive from her immediate family. They just treated each other that way. They said things that were kind of hurtful and it sort of rolled right off of them. Well, Helen in the church was just treating people like church, like, like family. You see? She, just was, she was just doing what she thought family does. And I, I learned quick that the best way to deal with Hel Helen is to be just as abrasive as she is. And so she, if she'd say something that, that was kind of abrasive, I'd just, I'd just fire right back at her. And when I'd hear about her uh, uh, um, upsetting somebody or hurting somebody, I'd go to her and say, Helen, you hurt so-and-so by saying such-and-such -such to her. You know what she'd do? She'd look at me and say, I did? I hurt her? And bless her heart, 
she would go to that person and apologize. And she began to learn a better way to communicate as family. Church, don't let anyone run you off because of what they said. A better thing to do is in love go with them and say, you know, what you said to me hurt. And I just wanted you to know that. My guess is they'll come and they'll say, oh, I, I, I didn't mean to hurt you, and they'd apologize. You know, it, it's important for us to realize that, that family should run a lot deeper than a comment or two. And then also encouraging one another. That's what we're, we're called to do, is to encourage, encourage one another. How about this one? It comes from 1 Corinthians 1.10. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. And you're looking up at me and going, good luck. How is that even possible? I think, I think by ourselves that's not possible. That's just, it's only through God that that can happen. And it's all, also only through recognizing what the church of Jesus Christ is to be about. Folks, we are called to love God and to love other people so much that we want to bring them together. That's our call. That's the main thing. And as the church of Jesus Christ, we want to keep the main thing the main thing. We don't want to major on minors. Can I get an amen there? And when you don't major on minors, those things sort of go to the side as we focus on Jesus Christ and the way that, that he wants us to lead others to him. That's what we're to be about. Now, this may surprise you or it may not surprise you. Did you know that there were arguments and disputes in the early church as well as there is in church families today? In, in Philippians 4, 2, and, and 3, it talks about Syntyche and Eudia, two women who are battling, you know, they're, they're, they're butting heads together. And it says, uh, it says, I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended by my side in the cause of the gospel. You know, they, they're, both, they're both solid Christians. They both are doing the work of the Lord, but they've, they've come to a point where they're at, at odds with each other. And what he's saying to the person he's writing to is help them out. Help them to be able to get back in good graces with each other. You know, as we look at what it means to be a, a church family, yeah, there may be feuds every once in a while, but uh, uh, the, if, if we keep in mind what we are called to do, number one, we're called to be royalty. We're God's chosen people. We are his kids. And, and we, need to, we need to treat everyone with that kind of respect. Secondly, we're to encourage one another toward love and good deeds, as it says in Hebrews. Third, don't let somebody chase you away from your church family. Not giving up meeting together as some are in a habit of doing. Don't do that. And then finally, be a church that encourages one another. That's what we're called to do when it comes to be church family. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you and I praise you for an opportunity to be a part of your family. Help us to realize that we are your children and that because we're your children, we're, we're bound together as, as the, the, the kids of the king. And help us to be able to encourage and love each other and to extend grace where grace is needed, to maybe understand what people are going through to the point that, that if they're toxic, that maybe we can understand and help them through it. Help us to be bold enough 
to be the people that you are calling us to be as a church family. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God is good. All the time. All the time. God God is good. good. Let's stand together. Share your faith with someone who needs love, forgiveness, or hope. Point them toward God. Let him save them as he is saving you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Remember the 12 o'clock prayer time downstairs in the fellowship hall. Yeah!